Welcome to Fresh Minds, a podcast hosted by Just Love Bath. This podcast discusses mental health and the Christian faith. We aim to encourage you as a student, hoping to leave you with principles that lead to a fresh mind, renewed hope and an increased sense of community. Awesome. And what's your affiliation with Just Love? And so I was involved in setting up Just Love Bath um, alongside another woman called Imogen um, and was on the first committee there. I can't remember what I did, but it was something to do with the homeless community in Bath. If you could have only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? I've been struggling with this question since you suggested it. Um, I think it would have to be lasagna. Um, oh, yeah it's got everything you need right it's got like pasta veg cheese um I don't think you can go wrong that is an excellent answer lasagna is my favorite food so I'm thoroughly on board uh, so tell me a little bit more about what you do Amy and about global health um so my role in global health is I work on health financing and um, for reproductive maternal newborn child and adolescent health and that basically means looking at how resources can be used to make sure people can access the health services that they need, either at low or no cost. And so basically it's about making sure that people don't end up in poverty um, or not acting the, accessing the health services that they need. Um, and I do that by working with governments across different countries um, to look at their health policies and how they can make the best of the resources that they have. Can you tell me a bit more about the position of mental health within global health? Yeah, sure. So I was thinking about this and I think it's probably quite helpful to have a bit of a background on global health as an industry. And so organisations who work in global health tend to be funded either by people, so through donations or by donors. And so that might be a government like the UK or the US or the EU or philanthropists like the Gates Foundation. It's another example. Um, And so attention on global health issues tends to be um, the issues that either people want to donate towards um, or that donors are interested in. And so in global health, that means there tends to be a real focus on mortality, which is people dying, essentially. Um, And it's about making sure that people don't die from preventable causes. Um, And so in my area, I tend to focus on women, um, whether they're dying during childbirth or pre or post pregnancy. Um, and the same for newborns um, and then to fives. But it means that mental health tends to be massively overlooked. Um, and that's, yeah, lots of reasons we can go into that in a bit. Um, but I think it's a really important area that is massively kind of neglected. Um, and so I thought some stats might be useful to kind of bring the issue yeah. up. Um, so one billion people around the world live with a mental health or substance use condition. 264 million people live with anxiety and 322 million live with depression and a death occurs from suicide every 40 seconds and so a massively important issue and yet still in terms of aid from um, from governments and from philanthropists is only about one percent of the aid that goes to health so wow. if you think health is already woefully underfunded then one percent of that is like nothing and um, tiny and, amount yeah so I think it's it's really been overlooked um within the global health industry so really happy to be here to talk about it more 
Amazing. Uh, could you suggest some reasons why it seems to be overlooked? Yeah, I think a key one is it's so stigmatised. Um, so even in the UK, we kind of often see mental health as like perhaps a curse or the fault of an individual or a weakness. And it's often seen as an individual's responsibility to kind of to tackle a mental health condition rather than something that society should be doing on behalf yeah. of individuals. Um, I think as well, it's, it's really complex and it's not an easy fix. Um, so as I said, it kind of within the global health industry, you've got governments and you've got um, people who are thinking about what do they want to give money to. And I think with mental health, it can be really difficult because it's, I think everyone would have a different opinion on, on what we should fund. Like, should we be yeah. funding um, anxiety issues? Should we be funding substance misuse? Should we be promoting well-being with um, aid? And I think because there's so many questions and so much nuance, it can then become almost too difficult to tackle. And finally, I think measurement. So we don't measure mental health very well. And in global health, we really like measurements. So um, on all the programmes I work on, we usually measure things like how many lives have we saved through the work that we've done. Um, and because mental health, we're talking about well-being, there's not good measures for well-being. And so um, it then becomes really difficult to kind of put a price on what people are willing to, to pay for well-being um, and to measure and be held accountable for, for whether we're achieving um, yeah, improvements in mental health. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it. And I think there's lots of work to be done on finding ways to measure it. Um, but I do yeah. think that's one of the reasons it's overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. I hadn't even considered like the measurability of mental health being an influencing factor. But in such like a statistic driven society, that does make quite a lot of sense as to why maybe it's not getting that funding and the resources pumped into it that you'd expect. And as a church body, how do you think we could be responding? Yeah. And so I think it's the church's role to really stand up for marginalised communities, even if they might be smaller, even if they don't have a voice. But yeah, being the ones standing up for that um, and not worrying as much about, you know, the measurability or the nuance of the situation. From my experience in global health, the church is a huge influencer of opinions. And so I've seen this play out positively where the church has really pushed good messages um, and that has changed people's behaviours around mental health or around other health seeking behaviour and that's led to lives being saved but also it can be a um, it can perpetuate negative messages and those messages can be incredibly damaging and lead to people not accessing the health services they need and I don't think we should underestimate that role that the church can play and so I think and then the individual level um, yeah I think, yeah, it's the same as so many other issues, but it starts with education mm. and being willing to educate ourselves on mental health. And um, so some really good resources are the United for Global Health website, uh, Mental Health Foundation. And then I'm sure many listeners will have heard of Mind and Samaritans. Um, but yeah, all really worth reading up kind of various statistics, but also ways of being involved in mental health work. I think it's really important that we question ourselves within the church. So why do we financially support the things that we do? Um, is it coming from a place that it's palatable or measurable? Or is it because we really do think that that's an issue that deserves financial support? 
Um, and I guess related to that, I think in the church, we often talk about ma marginalised communities and, and standing up for them. I think we define marginalised as what others think of as marginalised, but I'm not sure yeah. whether we necessarily question who's marginalised in our own heads um, and what about the people who don't even come to mind for us. Um, and I think as a church, if we can be thinking of those people that don't come to mind, then I think that will really help in our um, role on mental health. As individuals, I think having conversations about mental health within church, so if you feel safe to do so, when you're having a coffee after church or before, um, then maybe being open about your struggles or experiences with mental health, perhaps yeah. asking your close friends um, how their mental health is, um, and creating an inclusive and safe environment where those issues can be discussed. There's some really great resources on how to become mental health first aiders without necessarily having the title. Um, and I think, yeah, we can all do so much more just to start opening up those conversations and creating environments where people can, yeah, say if they're struggling. Oh, that's really good, Amy. And just on that last point about talking to people, just being honest about uh, mental health. The other day at church, um, someone did ask me, how are you, but how are you actually doing? And took me aback a bit the first time I think someone's really nailed down rather than just be throw off oh yeah I'm doing fine that actually got me to sit and reflect actually like, how am I doing and I think just creating an environment where we could have more of those conversations and church are meant to be family we're meant to be vulnerable and comfortable speaking to each other so especially this is a the number one place where we need mental health to be something which is accepted and not stigmatized or difficult to talk about. That's great to hear. Someone asked you, how are you twice? I think that's one of the best things we can all do. Think about the time you spend at church or with your church friends. How often do you talk about mental health? Could you talk about it more? Could you pray together? Collectively within your church, is mental health discussed? Could you prompt discussion, whether in a life group or with a church leaders or within a service? Um, how does your experience of working in global health affect your own personal mental health? It's affected it a lot. Um, I think one of the ways it affected me in the past has been working on, I used to work a lot on um, the causes of maternal and newborn deaths. And that meant going through health records and looking at um, data about each woman's and, and baby's death. Um, so that would be things like their age, the number of children they were leaving behind um, and the reasons for why they died. And I just it was horrendous because most of those reasons were preventable. So they were things like um, someone had taken the key to a cupboard home that had the medication in. Uh, a husband delayed approval for his wife to access healthcare, um, a nurse on duty not being trained in, in neonatal resuscitation. And so I found I'm now sadly at the age, <laughs> talking to Jane earlier about being old now, um, but now at the age where lots of my friends are having children, which is amazing and so exciting. But my experiences mean that I'm so anxious for them because I've seen so many stories of where it's gone wrong. Luckily, we live in a society where healthcare is um, free and of high quality and it's unlikely that anything will happen. 
that I still struggle with the um yeah with those stories of what if and think about those women who who weren't lucky enough to to live somewhere where they could access the care that they needed um so yeah and I, I've had counselling around that and I found that incredibly helpful and would encourage anyone um to yeah access care or support if they need to yeah did you find that easy to reach out and find counselling and it's not the easiest is it (laughs) I think if you don't give up I guess so um yeah I think I spoke to my doctor and then they referred me um and I think but I know the university have really good mental health support as well um but yeah don't give up and if you meet a counsellor who doesn't quite like connect with you then don't think that that's that the counselling doesn't work it might just be that that connection doesn't work and there are plenty of other people that you can go to and see if you can find someone that that works with you and you deal with some really large and rather serious issues how do you avoid becoming overburdened by it yeah not not very well I don't think um (laughs) yeah I think what's what's been really helpful for me has been knowing it's not down to me and yeah so I was thinking Romans 12 um three to eight has been really helpful and I won't read it all now but I think the two things that that always stand out to me in that passage is number one do not think of yourself more highly than you ought we're not the savior Jesus is and we're not meant to do it all on our own um because we can't we're one human um, and we're part of a broader body of Christ and so I'm just one cog in that machine and I think remembering that has really helped me to kind of yeah stop becoming overburdened by it and then the other is around we have different gifts according to the grace given to us God gave me talents and passion and experiences that make me good at some things but really bad at other things um, and that doesn't mean I don't care about those other issues it just means that I need to trust that my calling is in health and that God has given other people the gifts and the passion to pursue their own callings um and I think if we all work according to God's calling on our own life then eventually that body of Christ comes together um, and those cogs all turn and it's that together that we yeah bring God's glory I don't think any of us are meant to do that on our own yeah that's a really beautiful image of just all those cogs working together I think I do sometimes become a bit weighed down by how much is going on in the world and I feel so helpless to make a difference um, but that is me trying to take on too much and <laughs> think that I can change it all when I'm a piece in the puzzle. Um, yeah and I think really- I think it's really important when you're a student or when you're just starting off as a grad to kind of yeah don't feel like you have to change everything on your own and so yeah someone once said to me and it's been really helpful that social justice might be might look completely different for different people and so it's not just working for a charity or um, working for the church it might be about being in an accountancy firm or something like that and just bringing a new culture to that firm of like friendship or equity it might be being the person in Sainsbury's who asks how are you twice like there are so many different ways that your your calling might come out and I think it's really important that we don't we don't sort of see it all on ourselves Um, and I 
yeah I found that really helpful when I first came out of university that I didn't need to like solve the world on my own yeah that's so helpful Amy so we can best contribute to social justice when we're students by understanding that environment that we're placed in and the gifts God's given us in that place yeah I think so and I guess remembering as well and perhaps this is just me but being overburdened at at university involved um being like what is my calling I would I assumed that there would be one specific calling and that would be it for the next 60 years (laughs) until I retire um and as time's gone on I've realized that my calling my big calling is following God's path for my life but that's lots of small callings and they've all been slightly different and not quite what I'd ever imagined and that's okay like you might have different careers or passions over your life and it doesn't mean that you're not following God's plan for you that yeah you're it's just that there's lots of sort of small callings and then your big calling is doing everything for for God's glory that's so helpful that quality bit of advice (laughs) (laughs) do you have any other wisdom you'd like to share with us I think the only other thing I wrote down before this was which I'm sure you're all doing anyway but pray um so yeah I think particularly with the way the world is at the moment it does feel like a lot it's very very heavy and it feels like yeah how are you ever going to be able to do enough um and so just bring that anger or or burden or anxiety or guilt whatever it is you feel um to God and leave it there actually leave it there don't take it back with you um and I'm saying this as if it's easy and it's not and I'm really bad at it too um but yeah just remember you weren't designed to do this on your own you were designed to do it in God's strength and with God's people and how do you pray for these large issues and keep persevering in that prayer when you don't see immediate change happening in the world that's a good question somewhere in the bible it talks about you don't actually need words for a prayer God knows what's in your heart And so sometimes if I'm like in a state of sort of despair, I don't need words. I can just say, God, what (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) Um, You can can see what my heart is feeling right now. Um, And being willing to do that, I think as well, taking inspiration from the Psalms that sometimes anger is needed. And you can bring that despair or anger to God. It's not not necessarily at God, but about the state of the world. And I think knowing that that's okay to do has been really helpful. And then in terms of pushing forward, I think recognising the wins, which we're not very good at doing, and certainly our muse is terrible at doing, but in the midst of all the problems and the challenges and the issues, things are moving forward and there, there are successes. Like, you know, the fact that so many organizations nowadays have mental health first aiders the fact that mental health is now on the agenda and there's talk of it becoming much more funded in the future um in terms of the global health world yeah I mean even the fact it's being talked about now is a step forward and I think although it can never feel like enough we have to celebrate those small steps um because otherwise I think we would just yeah all become a bit hopeless And so making sure we're celebrating the achievements when they happen. Thank you, Amy. 
Well, that is all that we've got for today. Thank you very much, everyone at home for listening. And thank you, Amy, for joining us and sharing your insight into the world of global health. Our final podcast of the series is a Q&A. So please send in any questions you have about mental health, faith and being a student to one of our social media platforms. And we'll be answering those next time. You've been listening to Fresh Minds by Just Love Bath. If you're a student in Bath and would like to get involved, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Just Love Bath. We'd love to get to know you at our weekly meetings, no matter which university you attend. Come along. If you've been affected by any of the issues discussed in this podcast, please reach out by contacting your SU Wellbeing team, a helpline such as the Samaritans, or by letting one of the committee members know. Whilst we can't offer support ourselves, we can point you in the right direction. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.